Welcome to the Soul Shifts podcast. I'm your host, Amy, a women's mindset coach, a loud and proud Leo and a manifesting generator. I am passionate about uplifting and inspiring women to dream big, manifest more and do it all with fulfillment, freedom and flow. This podcast is here to help you step back into alignment so you can manifest your goals, dreams and ambitions and start thriving in life. It's time to step back into the driver's seat, unlock your inner power and activate your own soul shifts. So grab a cup of tea, get comfortable and let's get into the episode. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Soul Shifts podcast. I have a very exciting episode today and it's all about human design and I have the amazing Krista to come on and chat to us all about human design. She is the expert in it. I actually found Krista. I feel like I manifested you (laughs) before (laughs) Christmas because I was thinking like, I really want to get more into human design. I'd kind of dabbled with it a little bit last year. And then I was really just like thinking, I really want to lean into this. Like I, I feel like it aligns so much with, with me and I want to go into it even more. And then I saw Ellie May. Um, if anybody doesn't know who she is, like you need to go and follow her. But she posted saying that she was joining your course, and I watched the stories. I was like, oh my god, I need, I need, I need in. <laughs> and I just went and followed Krista at Soul and Sage, and literally have just fallen in love with your content. And that was just before Christmas, and I've already I signed up to your Human Design for Coaches program, and your is it Year by Design. I was like, I'm in, like this is 2022 is the year of human design. Like I'm going all in. So I'm really excited that Krista has agreed to come and chat to us all about it and hopefully get all of you on board and you'll be going and getting all into human design and finding out all the stuff about yourself. So Krista, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your business and how you started getting into human design, please? Sure. So my name is Krista Dixon, as you mentioned. I am a soul aligned business coach. So I work with mainly female entrepreneurs. And as you said, I bring a lot of human design into what I teach and how I mentor and work with my clients and my customers. Human design. The way I stumbled upon it, and I feel like this story is so similar for so many people, is it just kept popping up for me over and over and over again. I think it was probably about four years ago, maybe through like an Instagram post or something like that. And I was like, I've never heard of that. What is that? I'm intrigued. And so I followed the link and I went and got my chart, my human design chart. And as you can probably agree, when you see your chart for the first time, it's incredibly overwhelming. It makes no sense. There's nothing like intuitive or really logical about it. It just looks like shapes and numbers and words that are words, but like you don't really know how they fit into the context of human design. So I actually just, I'm pretty sure I just closed out of that tab didn't really think about it again. I was like, okay, don't have the time or energy to dive into that right now. But then as it happens often, it just kept popping up. More Instagram posts about it. People I knew were talking about it. And finally it just reached a point where I was like, okay, universe, I got it. I got the message. (laughs) I'm going to go and explore this a little bit more. And I think I started probably with maybe listening to podcasts about it, definitely some YouTube videos. And I'm actually a projector in human design and watching YouTube videos specifically about being a projector, as well as my partner's type in human design. He's a manifesting generator. Oh, and so I started learning. Yeah, (laughs) I love, I love Mandy Jens. (laughs) So I started kind of learning about both of those energy types and it made so so much sense. And it really gave me a lot of insight and clarity into how we were different. And I've always known that my partner and I were very different in a lot of ways, but human design really put, I don't know, it just really made everything make sense. And it helped us interact better. And it just improved our relationship so much. And then I started bringing it into my business and I started 
you know, diving a little bit deeper into other parts of human design. And I just fell in love. I just fell in love with it. I find it so fascinating. It's one of those things where you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into it. So it's really like a lifelong process of learning and experimenting and trying it out and seeing how it works for you. So then just over a year ago, probably shortly after I had my daughter, actually, I just had fallen out of love with what I was doing in my previous business at the time. It's not that I hated it or anything. It just, it wasn't lighting me up the way that it used to. And I had been feeling really called to incorporate human design into, you know, what I was teaching, what I was sharing. But while I was pregnant, it just didn't seem like the right time. There was so much going on. We also had just started, like the pandemic had just started. So I was like, no, I'm just going to stick with where I'm at. But then about a year ago, I just knew I couldn't ignore that calling anymore. So I really committed to making last year the year that I got as much education as possible on all things human design, enrolling in programs, working with mentors. And the more I learned about it, the more I knew that this is something I wanted to share with other people. So then in October last year, I launched my new brand, Soul and Sage. And that is where I work with female entrepreneurs. And we talk, I mean, human design is probably the main focus, I would say, of how I help women in that business. There's other elements like manifestation, energetics, all that stuff. But um, human design has just been so transformative for me and for everyone that I've shared it with. So yeah, that is how my brand was born. And I started launching all these programs that you have joined <laughs> and having so much fun with it. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and how I got where I am today. Amazing. And what I love the most about like your Instagram and stuff is that you you explain it so clearly. And I think that's where it started to click more for me because I think I came across human design earlier in 2021. So about this time last year, similar to you, like it kind of just kept popping up. Like I would see more and more people talking about it. Like, I think the thing that I started leaning into it, I kept seeing people be like, you know, when they're doing like their bio, like I'm this, I'm that, I'm a Leo, I'm this. And I kept seeing like manifester, projector, generator. I'm like, what are these words? Like, what does this mean? And that's where I kind of started leaning into it. But anything I was watching or reading, it just always seemed to overcomplicate things. And there would be certain things I'd like, oh, I resonate with that. But then when I found your account, it was like, oh my God, this makes so much more sense. Like it just, you made something complicated, really, really simple. And you just broke it down in a way that actually resonated with me instead of just confused me more. And I think that's like the beauty of your content is it, you take such like a complicated thing because it is complicated. As you say, when you look at the chart, you were initially like, what the frick? Yep. <laughs> Where do I start? And I think I'd done that. I looked at the chart and I was like, this looks so complicated. So I focused on like two or three things. I was like, okay, managers do this, this, and this. Like, I'm going to focus on that and kind of forgot about the rest of it. And then finding your and I'm like, oh, there's like other things that I can use. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is mm -hmm. actually making so much more sense. And I don't know about you, but when I came across it and started like reading more about it, I felt like I was just home, like, mm. ugh, like almost this, not kind of relief, but just like, yeah, like this is me. And like unapologetically so, like everything just kind of made sense. As you said, like with you and your husband, like it just fell into place. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more kind of in layman's terms, what is human design? Like, you do it so beautifully, like simplifying it, but what is human design and, and why, why should people sort of investigate it? Yes, for sure. So human design, it's similar to like those personality tests that you would take, like Myers-Briggs, um, the Enneagram, but the main difference and why I prefer it is that you don't actually have to answer any questions about yourself. Whereas when you take the Myers-Briggs test, obviously your results are created based on what you think about yourself because you're the one answering those questions. So there's definitely more room for like human bias mm -hmm. in your results, right? Because the way we think about ourselves, who we think we are is often 
influenced by a lot of conditioning we might have had growing up, relationships we've been in, society. So it's not always accurate, I wouldn't say, although those tools definitely still have a place and I still think they're valuable. Human design is based off of the day, the time, and the place you were born in. And it takes that information and does all these incredibly complex calculations that thankfully I don't ever have to do because there are tools that do it for us. And then it spits out your human design chart and a little bit of information about you. Human design brings together a lot of different kind of like ancient wisdoms, you might call them. The one that most people are probably familiar with is astrology. So it has a lot of Western astrology incorporated into human design, as well as something called the Chinese I Ching, which is kind of an ancient text, uh, something called the Jewish Kabbalah Tree of Life, a bunch of different things. Even the chakra system as well plays a part. And it kind of takes pieces of all of these different systems and infuses them and brings them together in such a beautiful, but also very, very complex, very, very intricate way. And then it, it really gives you like a blueprint of who your soul came to be in this lifetime. Cause I don't know about you. I definitely believe in like reincarnation. I think this is probably not my first time on earth. Um, so you're always the same, you know, always the same soul, but each of your lifetimes is going to look probably a little bit different as you are here to learn, you know, new lessons and experience new things. So human design basically gives you so, so, so much insight into who you came to be in this lifetime. You can learn about your natural gifts, your natural energy, your energy levels, even how you are designed to kind of interact with other people based on your human design and their human design. You can dive really deep into some challenges you might face in your life, um, as well as conditioning that you're more open to. That's actually a really, really big part of human design is kind of shedding the layers of conditioning. And as we were just talking about, you know, shedding the beliefs, the thoughts you've developed about who you really are that actually aren't who you really are coming from all this conditioning that we have gone through. So was that a good explanation? I hope so. Yeah. That's human yeah. design in a, in a brief nutshell yeah. <laughs> and what it can do. Amazing. And I think because it blends so many different things, I think that's one of the things that pulls me to it. And I love that you brought up the personality test because I've definitely sat and done those and been like, oh, well, I really want to be more organized and I am really organized. And like, that's something that I find valuable. So I would put that as myself and like, you might not realize that you're being biased, but you definitely, there is some sort of conditioning and bias on like what's preferable and what's not, mm -hmm. et cetera. Whereas the human design, it just spits out you, like, and there's no input from you other than like the time getting the time for my mom of when I was born that was tricky that was yeah. the only thing that was difficult like how do you mm -hmm. not know what time I was born oh it was sometime in the morning right okay thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> but I just really love how it brings it all together and I think as well you mentioned um that it kind of yeah, like gives you a blueprint for your life. And I feel like it gives you almost permission to be even more you, like even more authentically you. And if there's been maybe elements that you've felt guilty about, or you've not fully found like work with society and like how society is supposed to be, the human design almost is like, no, but that's you. Like that's what you're supposed to be like. And like, you can own it. And yeah. I love that about it. So can you tell me, you mentioned before that you're a projector. Can you just kind of go through those different, are they, they're the energy types, right? Yes. Can yeah. you kind of, in a nutshell, <laughs> try and explain, I know this is really difficult, but I don't want people like listening and be like, what? <laughs> but in a nutshell, what are the energy types? If someone's listening, thinking, what is a projector? What is a manifesting generator? What are they talking about? Yes, absolutely. So energy type is pretty much always going to be the first piece that's listed alongside your chart. It'll say energy type or type. And there are four different energy types. There's also kind of like a subtype, which is what you are, the manifesting generator. 
That one is kind of mainly similar to a generator, but it has this little like sprinkling of the manifestor energy to it as well. So my favorite way to kind of explain them is to look at the different roles within the collective that each of the energy types is here to play or perform. And I think also looking at it this way really just goes to show you how, you know, the collective humanity can function so beautifully together if we all knew our energy type and knew that that's how we were designed to live, how we were designed to interact, et cetera. So let's start with the manifester. This is what I like to start with. The manifestor energy type, these people are like the bold visionaries of the world. They receive divine downloads, you could call them. They receive ideas, they have this big vision, and they're really here to kickstart this big vision that they have. They're here to initiate on things. So when they get an idea, they can kind of just start with it and get the ball rolling. Whereas the other energy types don't necessarily function that way. And the energy types, it's all based off of your aura. So basically your energy, right? So it's called energy type. So manifestors have this really, really big aura and energy about them. Personally, I feel like I can always recognize a manifestor when I meet somebody new. It's just, it's something in their voice, something about the way that they come across. I just, I'm like, I feel like you're a manifestor. And then they usually are. So they just have such big, bold energy. So manifestors, they are kind of the initiators, the visionaries, they get this big idea, they get the ball rolling on it. And then we have the next energy type, the generator. And these people are called the great builders of the world. Generators have unparalleled energy. They are just very energetic naturally. They wake up every morning with this kind of buzzing energy inside of them. And generators are meant to to build and create things. So they would kind of, more so I would say in ancient times, they would sort of take this manifestor vision that the manifestor has started and they would really help bring it to life because they have the energy to build things, create things and to see things through all the way to completion. So generators are really, really meant to do the things that they love. That is what they're here to do. They kind of have this, it's called this sacral response in human design, but all it really is, is this, this feeling they get in their gut, in their body. Whenever you know, something comes into their field of awareness, whether that is a person or an like activity or something they're reading in a book, it could be anything. Their body just gives them this kind of yes or no response to that thing. So generators really need to get in tune with their gut response. They need to practice, you know, hearing it and experiencing what that feels like. And they are meant to pursue the things that feel like a yes to them in their gut not the things that feel like a no or a maybe or a not right now. Because what can happen is if a generator spends all their time and energy doing things that they don't enjoy, things that they don't love, they're not passionate about them, they're not going to be as energetic as they actually could be if they were doing all the things that they love. So that's the generator. They're these like little energizer bunnies. And then we have the manifesting generator, which is what you are, Amy. And like I said, the, the Manny Gen, which is what I'm going to call it, because manifesting generator is very long, long <laughs> and hard to say. <laughs> so the Manny Gen or the MG, they have a very similar aura to the generator energy type, but they also have a little bit of this like manifestor flavoring to them. So they also have a lot of energy. They have a lot of endurance. They are here to do the things that they love, the things that feel like a yes in their gut. However, one thing that kind of separates, I would say, generators from manifesting generators is the MGs have this gift of like efficiency, you could call it. Pure generators are very often quite methodical in the way that they approach things. So I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So as an example, a generator is more likely to kind of sit down with a project they want to work on. And they'll break it down step by step. And then they'll just sort of work through those steps from start to finish until it's done. Mm. 
beautiful, amazing. They also very often can become masters of their craft because they can really devote their time and energy to something and again, see it through all the way to the end. Manifesting generators, it's not that they don't ever create step-by-step systems. They just can kind of see that some steps can be skipped over sometimes. So they can often work a little bit faster, get to the end result faster. And this is definitely a huge gift, but also I've noticed sometimes, like I said, my partner is a manifesting generator and occasionally you might skip steps that you probably shouldn't have skipped. And you kind of have to backtrack a little bit and then, you know, get things. Anybody, you can't see me, but I'm literally sat here. Like, yeah, that's me. I definitely <laughs> skip steps and then sometimes think, oh, maybe I shouldn't have skipped that right. step. <laughs> yeah. And that's honestly, that's totally fine. Cause as a manager, that's how you're here to live and work and learn. Right. So managers often too, I find are more multi-passionate, whereas a generator might have just one big thing that they are just so obsessed with. They just love doing it. Um, and then kind of focus on that for a long chunk of time. Manifesting generators, not always, but sometimes I find just because they kind of get like, you know, the pure manifester, they get what's called urges in human design, which is kind of a weird word, but that's really what it is. It's like this overwhelming urge to, to take action on this vision that they have, or this new idea that they have something that's really exciting them. So many gens kind of get a little bit of that energy as well. So they might be working on something and then they kind of just get pulled or called to kind of go in a different direction and sort of work on this other thing for a while or pick up this new hobby or, you know, they're reading one book, but then they want to read two other different books at the same time. And they're just a little more multi-passionate often. They like to jump around. They like to keep busy. So that's the manifesting generator. And then we have two more. So we have projectors. That is my energy type. Projectors are said to be the guides, basically. So if we have the manifester has this big vision, an example they give in human design often is like when the Egyptians built the pyramids way back when, you know, the, the manifester in that point in time would have been the one who had the idea like, Oh, we're going to build these pyramids. They just get this, this download. Right. So they kind of get it started. They share their idea with people. They get people on board. And then traditionally the people who actually did a lot of the work, the building, the creation of the pyramids would be generators because they have the energy to do that. And then the projectors would often be the people kind of overseeing that process. So they weren't designed necessarily to be, you know, lifting the heavy things and doing the actual work, but more so overseeing everything, guiding the process, you know, course correcting. So projectors are actually what is called a non-energy type in human design, which is kind of confusing because these are all called energy types. (laughs) But then you also have within that projectors and projectors and reflectors are non-energy types, non-energy beings, I guess I could say, meaning that we don't have consistent access to a lot of like physical energy all the time, which is why we function better as, you know, guides and managers and overseeing the process versus actually hustling all day long because we just don't have the energy for that. So projectors, one of their biggest gifts is they have this really, really beautiful way of like seeing other people so clearly and understanding other people so clearly, um, as well as seeing, you know, recognizing other people's gifts, seeing what your strengths are. They make really good managers often in like a corporate environment because they can kind of see, oh, this person is really naturally great at this. So I'm going to put them in that position or that role. Um, What else can I say? Projectors, when we come back to talking about their aura, because again, this all kind of stems from the mechanics of your aura. The projector aura, projector aura is said to be very focused and very penetrating. So this is why they can kind of see and understand other people so deeply. It's like when I'm near someone, my aura is kind of interacting with theirs and I can kind of just go deeply into them and sort of kind of take on almost a little bit of their energy. And that's what allows me to kind of recognize like who this person is, what they're feeling right now, emotions, what they're thinking, that kind of thing. Another big thing that's so key for projectors is that they are designed to wait for the invitation, it's called. 
So when you're looking at your chart, it's going to say your type, and then it will say what's called your strategy. And the projector strategy is to wait to be invited, meaning projectors should not go out and give people like unsolicited advice which I think we very, very often do, especially before we learn about human design. Because again, we have this gift of just kind of seeing other people. And before I learned about human design, I just sort of thought that everyone was like that. I just thought that everyone was quite intuitive in that sense, or at least, I don't know. I didn't think about it the way that I do now, but I've learned that not everyone is that way. Not everyone can kind of pick up on what other people are going through, what they're thinking, how they're feeling, who they really are. It's definitely a gift of being a projector. So <laughs> often we just, you know, come from this place of wanting to help other people. So we're like, oh, you know, have you thought about trying this thing? That might really help you in your business, in your life, in your relationship, whatever it is. But sometimes that can be really jarring for other people because they might not even recognize that within themselves, if that makes sense. So we're sort of sharing this guidance, this wisdom, this advice, and often I can definitely speak from my own experience. People either kind of shut it down right away when you give them unsolicited advice or they just ignore you. They almost don't even hear you sometimes because they're just not really open to receiving that. Whereas if the projector waits for somebody to kind of recognize that we have this you know, wisdom and guidance to share and then invite us to do so, whether that's just saying, hey, what do you think about this thing I'm thinking about doing? Or, you know, like when you invited me to come on your podcast, that's a great example. I don't really ever do any kind of like cold outreach to people in my business. I don't send cold messages. I don't pitch myself anywhere. I really like to just kind of show up, share what I know, and then the right people will find me and invite me. And that always feels so much better for me and my energy than going out and trying to like make it all happen myself, right? So that's the projector. And then finally, we have the reflector. These are like the unicorns of the human design world. Every energy type is incredible in its own way. I should just point that out. Um, no type is better or worse than any other. We all have a unique purpose and a unique role that we're here to play. Reflectors are just super, super rare, which is why I say they're like the unicorns. They make up about 1% of the population, roughly. And you can immediately recognize a reflector if you're looking at their chart because all of their energy centers, which are these little shapes on the chart, there's triangles and squares, and there's nine of them, all of them are white. So they're called undefined in human design. Whereas the other energy types will have at least two of those shapes colored in or defined. So reflectors just have basically this very open kind of aura that takes in everything around them. Wherever you have, um, a white energy center in your chart because each of them relate to different types of energy. That is where you absorb and amplify energy from the people and environment around you. So for example, there's one energy center called the solar plexus center and it's all about emotional energy. So I happen to have that one undefined. And if I'm near somebody who has it defined in their chart, I really absorb their emotions and I take them on and I almost amplify them and experience them even more, like in a more heightened way, which is something I always knew about myself. But again, human design just really helped me, you know, describe it in a better way and understand it and why it was happening. So reflectors have all of their energy centers undefined. So they are constantly absorbing and taking in and amplifying energy around them. And they kind of, in that way, act as mirrors for the rest of us. That's why they're called reflectors. They really take in energy around them and then reflect it back. They kind of become the people around them. Mm. So if you're with a reflector and they're acting a certain way or just even their identity, their emotions, it's not actually their true nature. It's them reflecting back your energy. So you can learn so much about yourself by just spending time with a reflector, but they are very, very rare. I don't even think I have a person in my close life nowadays who is a reflector. Cause like I said, they're kind of unicorns. Um, but their role is really to, to mirror back to not just the people around, around them, but like society at large, how we're doing as a collective. So we can get back to balance is a big key for reflectors role and course correct. 
So they, they're another non-energy being like projectors. So they kind of can function also as guides. They're not necessarily doing all the, the legwork. They're not meant to like work 40 hours a week, neither are projectors, but they, they really help kind of reflect back the health of society, how we're doing, where we need to make adjustments, how we can improve to just reach this beautiful state of balance and harmony and justice in the world. So those are the energy types. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like even just you walking through each one, I'm like, I, I think of like when you're talking about the manifesting generators on there, like, oh my God, yes, this is me. And even when you're talking about, so I've actually, the next three podcast guests are all projectors, yourself included. And it wasn't until you said when you like to be, wait to be invited and you said like, obviously I invited you onto the podcast. I was like, oh yeah. And the other two women that I've invited on that also projected, like, it's just funny how that's all happened. Like the three in a row are all projectors that I've asked. Um, I just find it so fascinating and it kind of blows my mind. Is is that something that like when you kind of went into it, was there like a moment when you just thought like this is crazily accurate? Like this is this is the real deal. Yes, definitely. When I learned first about my energy type, because that's often what people explore first, it all just clicked for sure. And then, like I said, with uh, my partner, he was kind of, I started analyzing his human design as well. I think that's when I really started to resonate so deeply with it was seeing how different our human design was. And like, for example, there's something in human design called gates. There's actually 64 gates in your chart, which is a lot. And as I was studying them and learning about them, I would kind of read about the gate. And then I would, before I went and looked at my chart or Scott's chart, I would sort of think, I feel like I have that gate activated in my chart, but I don't think he does, you know, because they kind of relate to your gifts and your energy. And then I would look and it would always be spot on before I even knew it. Right. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is crazy how it just encapsulates so much of who you are and who you came to be. And it helps, I think it helps you appreciate other people as well. Because again, like I said, when I was growing up, I just sort of thought that all people were relatively similar. I knew we were, you know, different in some ways, but I just kind of thought everyone thought the way that I did. Everyone kind of took on other people's emotions. I thought that was normal. And then as I learned more about human design, I realized that that's actually not how everybody is, right? We're all so, so, so different. And human design, like it's so intricate. As I said, you can go so deep with it. Whereas let's say the Enneagram for an example, example, I think there are nine yeah. Enneagram numbers, I want to say. And so I'm a, I think I'm a three, but also maybe a four. <laughs> I can never quite get a clear reading, but anyways, if I was with somebody else who was also a type three on the Enneagram, yes, we would have lots in common for sure, but we'd also have so many differences, right? Whereas human design, like you're not really ever going to find somebody who has the same human design chart as you, unless you were born in the exact same day, same year, relatively the same time in the same time zone. And I mean, it's just, I think it highlights how we are all here to do something so unique and yeah, I just love it. <laughs> I love it. But the moment it clicked to go back to your question the moment it clicked is when I started learning more about other people's charts too. So now I have my daughter, I look at her chart and she's a manifester. So in my family, we have a projector, a manifester and a manigen. And Scott, I would say leans more towards generator than like the manifester side of his design. So we have a real mix and I see that so much in how we interact, how we approach life, how we make decisions, just everything. It's so, so different and unique. And it makes life fun. Honestly, it makes life very, very fun and also challenging to kind of navigate all these different energies and emotions. But that's the fun part of it, really. Yeah. And I think for me, it's it's it is fun. And I think if you approach it from like, oh, let's find out a little bit more information about this and experiment with it, and that's one of your courses that here by design it is kind of like, let's experiment with human design for a year. Let's commit to it for a year and just have fun with it. And I think that is 
the best way to approach it because I do remember when I first looked at it and I was thinking like oh like I don't understand this and, da, 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 and it was overwhelming and it got stressful and then I just couldn't look at it anymore because I was like this is just too much whereas when I've kind of approached it again more recently and kind of like leaning into what feels good and then anything that doesn't really resonate or just I don't understand I kind of just like leave to one side I think that's where I've been able to embrace it even more and like some of the things that I've picked up for myself is like leaning into my intuition you were saying that generators and I think that's the same with manifesting generators as well the sacral response of like the gut instinct and that's something that I always kind of felt like I had that gut instinct of like yeah that's the right decision for me but then never fully trusted it because sometimes it wouldn't always align with like society or what other people's expectations were and there's key moments in my life that I'm like you know what I wish I'd just lent into that and and everything everything happens for a reason I'm a big believer that you make decisions for a reason but now that I kind of do have that awareness and I I find like Sometimes if I'm fighting the gut instinct, I'm like, and that's exactly why I need to do it. (laughs) And like little things. And it's just, yeah, it's really opened my eyes. The other thing, the multi-passionate thing, like I would always feel so guilty for maybe wanting to like put one book down and start something else or, you know, and I think, as you say, I'm kind of very much, it's almost a battle between the manifest and the generator between me because sometimes (laughs) I'm like, I like to have one project like I want to read one book I want to watch one tv show like I want to be doing one thing but then the manifestors and they're like oh what about this one oh what about and I'm like no I want to I want to like stick to this like I want to do this thing and then I'm going to move on but leaning into that I'm like I'm supposed to be multi-passionate it's okay if I want to do two or three things at the same time like that's okay I can handle it I've got the energy leaning into that it's just been so much more like freeing and liberating for me and it feels more me rather than no I need to stick with this one thing mm-hmm. um is there anything from your perspective from find, since finding out and exploring your own human design is there anything that just suddenly was like oh my god that makes so much sense like what were the big moments of oh my god <laughs> I would say the biggest one for me was learning that as a projector I'm a non-energy being So projectors, as well as reflectors, and honestly, probably manifestors too, don't have the consistent energy to work long hours. But the thing is, almost 70% of the world is comprised of generators and manigens who have a lot of energy. So most of society has been, you know, created around that energy type without everyone knowing, of course. So this is where the 40-hour work week came in because a lot of generators and manigens, if they're doing things that they love and that they're passionate about, again, they can work all day. You can pour yourself into your business or your day job if you love it, if it lights you up. And then you kind of are tired at the end of the day and you go to bed and then you wake up and you're ready to go again, right? Projectors, it's just not the way we function. We just don't like, I don't wake up in the morning with this buzzing energy inside me, like ready to go, ready to do these things. It's just not the way that I am. And so for so much of my life, until I learned about human design, I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, like, why, why is it so hard for me to, to work all day? Why do I feel so exhausted? Why do I get burnt out? Right. And learning that that's not how I was designed to, to function was again, like you said, so freeing and so liberating. And finally, I felt like I just had a way to explain and describe that to other people. Like for example, to Scott, because yeah, he does, he works a job that's 40 hours a week. I have, I think I worked a job that was 40 hours a week for less than a year in my whole adult life. And I'm 30 now. (laughs) Um, And it was a lot for me. And same with my business. I, I've never been able to do the 40 hour weeks. I always did, you know, 20, maybe 30, but projectors really are intended to work maybe two or three hours a day. That's kind of our cutoff point. But another thing, I don't think I mentioned this, but one of the projectors gifts similar to actually Manny Jen's is they have this gift of efficiency. Projectors are really good at kind of creating systems for things 
seeing how things can be improved, how they can get their work done faster. So projectors don't actually need to work eight hours a day to kind of get a lot of stuff done, which is amazing. So that was like such a big permission slip for me to be like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't have to try and like hustle as hard as I see other people hustling in their businesses and their jobs and their lives. And I can rest more, you know, and I can, again, another thing projectors are supposed to focus on a lot is really studying, learning, constantly just expanding our expertise in whatever our zone of genius is. And I've always enjoyed that, but I felt like that had to be on the back burner, right? Cause I need to be working. I need to be hustling. I need to be going out and making it all happen. So when I learned that that's not how I'm supposed to live as a projector, it was, that was probably the biggest, I would say like aha moment and permission slip for me when I started diving into human design. So if anyone is a projector listening to this, I hope you take that on board <laughs> and I hope you see that you can be just as successful as everyone else without having to, you know, work your butt off every single day. Right. Definitely. And I think especially in today's society where it is like hustle culture and you've got to work hard and this, that, and the other. And I think naturally, I mean, I'd, I'm not a projector, obviously, but having a history of chronic fatigue, it's like you feel lazy. And actually, if you're leaning into your energy type, that's not necessarily the case. And for me, when I, and this is one of the things that didn't resonate the first time I was looking into human design, it was like, it says I've got an abundance of energy. Like, clearly I don't, I have a chronic illness. Like it just, it was like jarring. And then when I started reading a little bit more and it was saying, you've got an abundance of energy when you're lit up about it like when it fills your soul and like it's you're passionate about it and I was like oh that makes sense because if I'm passionate about something like I could go all day and as you say like I'm tired in the evening and then I'm I'm a morning person like I'll be up six half six like ready to go like sit down get my work done like I'm I am and that feels really good for me but then if I'm doing something where I'm like I've got to go to my job or like something that's just not lighting me up or not fulfilling me like I find it really difficult and that's when the fatigue comes on and when I realized that switch it just gave me like an even bigger permission slip to not do the things that don't light me up and to focus on the things that do and that was just game changing for me and similar to you with like as soon as you realize that you're not meant to do 40 hour weeks or you're not meant to do all of these different things or you are you're allowed to work less and you know all of this it's like oh my god what a relief <laughs> it is and that's exactly what it felt like it felt like the hugest relief it just felt like finally like I felt understood I guess is a really good way to put it I was like finally I feel recognized and understood for who I really am and not who I've been trying to be for most of my life right like because you're you're conditioned so deeply growing up, like this is what you do. You finish school, you go to college, you work 40 hours a week at your job, blah, 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 blah. But actually a lot of us are not designed to go about life that way at all. So yeah, human design is such a, such a big permission slip. I love the way you described it as a permission slip because I think that's exactly what it is for so many people. Yeah. And I think it really does a good job of like valuing everybody and everybody's different roles. And I loved um, your example of the pyramid and how everybody has their own role and no one's better or worse or you know more valued than somebody else because everyone's there for a reason and everyone has their own role and I think understanding that just yeah it's such a big shift I think in the whole way you see not only yourself but everyone around you and and what they're doing to contribute to society I think it's just so powerful I would love to know if you or you, anyone you know that has been working with human design, have you ever had something like looked at it and thought that just doesn't, that just doesn't resonate? And what your advice would be to someone who was looking at their human design and there was like a piece of it that just didn't feel like it matched with, with themselves? What would be your advice for that? Definitely. I have heard from people and even myself, there have been bits and pieces that didn't fully resonate at first. So what I would say is if something isn't totally clicking right now or just doesn't feel accurate, feel free to just set that aside. If you want to come back and revisit it later, you can and see if it feels more true to you. At the same time, 
human design gives us so much insight into where we have been conditioned to act a certain way or feel a certain way, think a certain way, live a certain way. So I would also encourage you to kind of explore a little bit more. So let's say you learned about your energy type or, you know, your authority in human design is another big piece of it. One of my favorite pieces of human design. So let's say you go and explore that and you're like, "Mm, just, it's not, I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me. Start questioning that a little bit. Start thinking, you know, have I been almost trained to live this way? Have I been doing this certain thing because society tells me that's how I should live or that's how my relationship should be, or, you know, that's the way I should make decisions. A big, big way that so many of us have been conditioned is to rely, to over rely on our brain or our mind to, let's say, make decisions in our life. You know, growing up, we're told, okay, we'll sit down and make a pros and cons list or, you know, think it through, be logical, be reasonable. And according to human design, at least, yes, your mind is a very, very powerful tool. And obviously it helps you with so many things, but actually none of us are supposed to make decisions using our head. We all have this wisdom within our bodies and it's called your authority in human design. And you have this unique way that you're meant to make decisions as you go about life. And it's not, it's never by making a pros and cons list or thinking it through or anything like that. Because yes, the mind is a great tool, but that's just not its intended role. Because, you know, we have all, again, this conditioning, we have these subconscious beliefs going on, we have these limiting beliefs, these fears, and that can really affect, you know, the decisions that we make if we're making them from our mind. So anyways, to go back to your question, if you're learning about, let's say your authority doesn't resonate, start questioning it being like, okay, well, am I doing these things? Because that's what I've been told to do. That's what I've been taught to do. But maybe that's not actually who I really am. And so conditioning is a big, big piece of human design, kind of, again, shedding all those layers of conditioning to get to who you really truly are at your core underneath all of that. Amazing. I think you summed that up so well. And I think it is that balance of don't put pressure on it but lean into it and kind of see where it could be true and I think especially with so many things like with to do with energy or making the decisions I remember young when I was younger always making pros and cons list and I actually don't remember the last time I did that now because I and I'm still it's a learning curve like it's still practice sometimes I'm like oh is that the right decision but more and more I'm just finding it easier to lean into that decision and I might sit on it. I might not like take immediate action, although that is one of my gifts as a manifesting generator, I think is to be able to like take quick action. And I can absolutely do that. But if I'm not sure I can sit on it, but inevitably I always end up going with that instinctive gut decision. And, and I don't, I don't know what the other decision making ways are. Um, but I know for me, leaning into that has been really powerful, um, in a, almost allowing myself to trust my intuition and my gut and learning to trust my intuition and my gut and kind of playing with it a little bit with almost like smaller decisions and then we're like oh well, that kind of works out let's see what happens if I do this mm-hmm. <laughs> I just think it's really yeah it's really fun and playful and having fun with it and coming from it from that perspective is just yeah so much better definitely and I mean like what you're describing, I think it's almost like this positive feedback loop where you give yourself permission to just, okay, let's just play with this. Let's try it. Let's make decisions according to how human design says I should make decisions. And then as it starts working out, as things start feeling better, flowing more, everything feels a bit more easy. You're like, okay, this is really working. And then you feel a little more confident leaning into it even more and going deeper and going deeper as you start seeing the results kind of unfold. Yeah, definitely. Oh, it's just, I feel like I could talk about it all day. Like it's just so fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So if someone's listening to this and they're like, okay, I'm in, I want to know more. Where can they find the information? Where's the best place to start? Yes. Okay. So definitely start by getting your chart. I will, Amy, I'll send you the link that I recommend people go to. There's a lot of different websites you can go to to generate your chart. Um, but it's called jovianarchive.com. 
they'll take your birth information in and they'll spit out this chart. Again, super confusing. Don't stress. I would say start exploring your energy type first, as well as your strategy, because that's tied to your energy type. Maybe watch some YouTube videos. Um, you can head over to my blog. I have a little bit of information there or my Instagram account as well. Once you feel pretty comfortable with that, I would say to dive into your authority, which is your kind of decision-making inner compass or this tool that you can really utilize. It's a very, very practical part of human design, which I really like um, and super fun to play around with. So I would dive into those things first. Um, I do also offer, if anyone listening is an entrepreneur, that's mainly who I work with. So I have these human design business blueprints that I offer where again, I will take your birth information and I'll actually interpret your chart for you. So you don't have to try and make sense of everything. Um, we look at all the core components in your chart, what they mean for you, how they're going to show up for you, challenges you might face, gifts that you have all within you know, the realm of being an entrepreneur and having an online business. And then my Instagram, I would say, which I'm sure we'll link to in the show notes, but yeah, come say hi hang out with me on Instagram. Um, I like to run free masterclasses and events sometimes. And then, like I said, there's lots of great content to dive into over on my Instagram. If you just want to, you know, look at these things a little bit more deeply. Amazing. Thank you so much, Krista, for coming and sharing all the things about human design. This has been so informative and I'm sure it's going to land with so many people. Oh, thank you. No, thank yeah. you so much for having me. This is so fun. Like, obviously I could talk about this all day because I love it. So I'm very, very honored that you invited me to come and share. Thank you so much for listening today, lovely. I hope this episode was everything you needed to create your own soul shifts today. And if it was, I would love to know. You can connect with me on Instagram at amysorns or check out the links in the show notes below to see how we can work together going forwards. I love and appreciate you so, so much and I can't wait to see you in the next episode.